Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just relax and remember that it's not your mind that's going to give you understanding. It's not what I say that's going to give you understanding. It's the Lord making things real to you. So you can just relax and let the Lord reveal himself to you. What he wants to say to you right now might not have anything to do with what you hear from me. And whatever you hear from him is far more important. His voice, his speaking to you is going to be personal and timely and life-giving. So anytime if he's speaking to you, just put everything else aside. There's nothing more important than receiving that eternal life that is already available in your spirit. But God desires that it be fully saturating your soul and your body. We've talked before about how we have no idea what that looks like, what that feels like, how that would be here on this earth. But that's really our evaluation of how we're doing it's not what's going on out in the world you know there's always been a generation that said this is the end times you know paul said you know this is the end times generation after generation this is the end times this is things couldn't get worse things couldn't you know, be farther from God. This is the ant- who such and such is the Antichrist. Such and such is, you know, a sign of the end of the times. And yet, when we look to what is going on out there as a motivation, very often we miss our relationship with God. We, we start with the embracing of his sovereignty, that God created everything. He created time. He created every event and millisecond of reality that's ever happened or ever will happen. So we don't ever have to wonder if he's missed something if something has slipped under the radar. Instead, we can go, okay, knowing that he's got everything under control, God, what's going on between you and me? What, what is your goal? What is your purpose for me? And again, it goes back to, do you believe, do you embrace, do you accept that God has everything under control? 
that he's sovereign, that he's that big, that he doesn't need your help, he doesn't need your understanding, he doesn't need your embracing even what you believe, you know, so we very often don't understand what um, God is saying to us. But that's okay. Because time will tell. Over time, we have an idea of what works and doesn't work. And again, our purpose as a as a ministry, as an outreach, as as providing instruction and teaching is that it be practical. This is not about what I can do for you. This is not about me telling you this is what God has to say to you. Now, there will be times when he'll give me an encouraging word for people or a word of correction or a word of motivation or a word of instruction. Great. But your job is then to take it and to have full confidence that you can do this, that you can take that to God. You can, you can come before him in full confidence that you will hear clearly what you're hearing from others, what you're sensing inside. If you, you will be able to tell, is that from God or not? And we've talked, there's two voices that speak to the sheep, the voice of the butcher and the voice of the shepherd. Is what you're hearing encouraging peace and rest and confidence in God as a shepherd? Or are you feeling condemned? Are you, is it making you anxious? Are you feeling like you have more to do in order to rest, in order to be in God's flock? Now, a lot, of, a lot of what we believe, a lot of what we think is based on our own perceptions and interpretations and sometimes even what we've inherited from our family, from our church upbringing, from the culture we live in. But our goal is to know God and experience him in a practical way. That's always been my challenge to him, is our relationship with him should be practical and objective. We should be able to see changes in us. We should be able to see him, how his ways, you know, how often does he say, come unto me, you know, uh, that he wants to reveal himself to us that he wants to draw us, that he wants to sup with us, that he's knocking at the door and he wants us to open to him, that he desires these encounters. And then we're reminded that spiritually that's already been done through his son. So we don't have to revisit that. You're either dead in your spirit or alive in your spirit. That's it. Those are the only two options. So if you've been born again, you're living in your spirit. And I don't know the mechanics of that. Every once in a while I I think I get a glimpse of how that works. But 
since I don't think God has really given our understanding the the framework to understand the relationship between spirit and soul. We're still, you and I, we're still trying to figure out the relationship between the natural realm and the supernatural realm. I think to go beyond that, if we could say that, you know, the natural realm is at a one and the supernatural realm is at a hundred and then the spirit realm is at a, is at a billion, 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 a gazillion. So to, so we're at where we're at, still trying to understand, and I think that's for a reason. God wants to expand our ability to receive. This is why we get so caught up in, and we have a natural thirst for revelation. We want to know. You know, so often we want to know the future. We want to know our future. We want to know if we're making the right choice, the right decision. So there's something in us, and most people are like, nah, you know, are, are, do want that, have, have a natural tendency to want to know more, to want to know if they're doing the right thing, if they're hearing God, if they're making the right choices. Well, that, that desire comes from God. He gives us the desire that's in our heart, the desire of our heart. And if those things linger in us, that yes, we want to know, you know, for instance, what God wants, what direction God wants us to go. You know, how, what path, we're, we're facing two paths, Lord, which path do, do you want us to go? God uses that choice not to test to see which you know path we're going to take or because it's so important that we take one path over the other no it's because he's given us he's drawing us he's put that desire in us to get our attention to draw us to him not because our behave it's so important that our behavior line up behavior is going to be the last thing to change this natural being is going to be the last thing to change, not the first. And I think this is a big problem we have with a lot of what goes on in Western religion, Western Christianity, is there is such an emphasis on behavior that people can act like a really good Christian and never know God. They can, you know, be, you know, the Pope, they can be the head of a, you know, worldwide ministry. They can be, you know, whatever, uh, the greatest prophet ever and not know God. And I've had that, you know, exposed to that working in with several ministries. And it's been, you know, it was a surprise the first time. It had, you know, I've been a little naive. I was kind of surprised to find out that, you can get out of, you know, ministry school, theological school, and not know God. And there were situations where there were pastors' meetings, and, the pa- you know, a minister would come out, a pastor would come out, just having their first encounter with God. And yet here they were, a pastor to a flock, to, you know, helping others, whether it was to know God or to live better, but... Having, you know, having that understanding to not rely 
on others, not rely on even what I'm saying, not relying on your own understanding, but knowing by experience, by practicality, by being, by seeing and touching and feeling and experiencing that God is within you, he's changing you, he loves you, he wants what's best for you, he's dependable and reliable, and he is drawing you, and it's for your good, because he loves you. Now, some of us, you know, we're going to be faced with real stretch to what we believe. Others are, it might be easier to go, yeah, well, I didn't hold these other beliefs real strongly anyway. It wasn't, and didn't build anything. But for others, it's going to be, okay, if I'm going to move forward with God, I'm going to have to give up my livelihood. I'm going to have to give up certain relationships. I'm going to have to give up my identity as a good Christian. That, that God is going to take care of me because I'm valuable to him, because I'm serving him. And there's a lot of different beliefs. Whatever comes up, think in those terms, is this, is this true? There's a reason Jesus refers to the, himself as I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So the way is the path. The truth is reality objective reality and life is the eternal life that changes us in his presence and as joint heirs and co-inheritors with jesus we have that same experience with the father and to me the father just represents the totality of of the creator god and and the Christ and the Holy Spirit and any other aspect that you, you care to think about in terms of God, it's all part of the same thing. And again, you and I can't have a hard time understanding, even when we think about how many dimensions there are. There's, you know, there's no agreement. There's no agreement in how time works. There's no agreement anywhere about the creation of the solar system, of the universe, of life. And yet we, we want to be certain. We want to be, oh, before I take a step forward, I want to understand every aspect of what God is asking me to do. Now, there's going to be times when God says, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you. I want to instruct you. This is why this works. This is how this works. These are the parameters. I want you to understand this. But very often he's going to say, I just want you to do it. We use the example, just pass the salt. We, that's something we can do. We learn how to do, so we just pass the salt. And then he, he sticks in there, uh, go raise the dead. And we just go raise the dead. And all it is is an extension of his life flowing through us and into the natural realm, whether it's passing the salt or raising the dead. And we don't have to stand around and wait and see what the results are of passing the salt if we've done what he's asked us to do simply because he asked us to do it we pass the salt we don't have to say well wait a minute you're putting too much salt on your mashed potatoes or we don't have to say it doesn't need salt or here you have some more gravy instead no you just pass the salt and when he says go raise the dead 
we just go raise the dead, and then we come back and sit, take another our seat back at the table. We don't have to go, okay, now you all need to interpret this correctly. You all need to, you know, we, we don't need to follow up with the person that was raised and say, okay, now you have to live for God. Now, there may be times when, when he does want that, but that will be part of the process. The whole point being that it's all about our relationship with him. So this is where we, we've hopefully laid a foundation for the supernatural realm, that the supernatural realm is, ha, has certain characteristics that God gives us sort of a, a cheat sheet, a, a relationship um, uh, columns. We have column A is the natural realm and column B is the supernatural realm. So there are things that are relative that if we un- correlate these three things in the natural realm to these three things in the supernatural realm, they have some elements in common. Like senses. Your, your natural body has natural senses. And your natural senses function in the natural realm. Well, likewise, your soul has senses. And your soulical senses function in the supernatural realm which is the solical realm is simply, we could say that that's, that's something that exists for humans, for human beings, maybe for other animals, other creatures that have souls, angels, demons, for instance. But those, all of those soul, soul, the solical realm, and maybe the, I, I suspect that angels and other, other beings have their own realm in, of a level of soul in the supernatural realm, just as the demonic, just as animals and ghosts and aliens and any other creatures that might exist have their own realm within the supernatural realm. But the point being that you already have senses in your soul. This is regardless of whether you're a Christian or not. Just as it doesn't... You know, if you were born here on this earth as a, as a human with having a human body, there's an expectation. Even if your senses aren't working properly, you have an expectation that you have the five senses and that they came with your body. So your eyes see, your nose smells, you, you're, you can feel and taste and touch and hear. So you have those expectations that this is how the body works, this is how what's normal for the body, and this is how the body relates to the natural realm. And we've learned to take it for granted. We don't think about, okay, you know, when you open your eyes in the morning, you don't go, okay, now I need to figure out how to see. You've lived as a human being here on this earth long enough where your eyes know how to see. And, you you know, there's always optical illusions, and we have variations in color, and some of us see better without glasses, that kind of thing. So there's variations on a personal level, but we all know about what sight is, what vision is. It's the same way as taste. You're going to experience taste different than I do, but we all have an expectation about what taste is. Like if I said, you know, what's your favorite ice cream? And then I said, what does it taste like? 
you're going to struggle to go, okay, this is, you know, if it's chocolate chip, for instance, it's vanilla with pieces of chocolate in it. I'm going, well, I have no idea what vanilla, what that means, vanilla and chocolate, what is that? And then you'll have to try to relay something that I can understand. And, And what we're looking at is it's better just to experience rather than trying to to gain understanding by through words through trying to relay mental understanding so rather than trying to explain what that ice cream is simply give me some here this is this is my favorite ice cream chocolate chip ice cream taste and see that the lord is good so this is where where we start, you know, even going on to the whole concept of evangelism, is your experience with God worth exporting? Are you excited and content enough with God that you want others to share that same level of excitement and joy and comfort and contentment? I can tell you, I've you know, in my, you know, decades of working with various ministries, there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of people heading these ministries that that's the last thing I'd want to be. I would not want their life. They aren't happy. They aren't content. They don't know the peace and joy of God. They're in the ministry. They're... Now, their desire is to please God, and they think there's going to be uh, a benefit to doing what they believe is the right thing. And, and again, this is totally up to God. This is, this is part of our, our wonderful opportunity is we don't have to correct anyone else, and we don't have to say you're doing it wrong. Now, there may come a time when, we, when God says, okay, I want you to, you know, encourage this person into this direction. But you know what? There's, it, it is the peace of God that passes all understanding. Why does it pass all understanding? Because it's not something we can figure out, and it's not something we can relay. So as we start looking at, okay, what is the supernatural realm? And, and we've discovered that there is a supernatural realm, but how now do we experience it? How do we encounter it? How, is, how do we make it real to ourselves? And again, as, as with anything, we want it to be objective and something we can measure. And we start with, okay, our own senses, our solical senses. Now, one of the things that we approach, uh, encounter, that's an, a hindrance in the soul and learning about the solical realm, the supernatural realm, the spiritual realm, and in some sense, the natural realm is fear. Is we have this idea that if we if we change, if we step out of what we know, we are we're going to be in trouble. We don't have much confidence in ourselves. You know, even that can be even be, you know, your own family unit. 
where you work. So many people, stay, for instance, stay at the same job even though they hate it because they're afraid of the effort that it will take to find a new job. Or they stay in a relationship because they're afraid of the consequences of leaving it. They stay in the same church because they're afraid of the consequences of leaving it. You know, I've heard so often, you know, if if this church is, is heading in the wrong direction, at least wherever we're going, I'll, I won't be alone. We'll all be in the same boat. And so, so that's something that, to start with, we need to look at. What is, is there anything like fear? And this is going to be on a, an ongoing touchstone for you to revisit on a regular basis. Are there lingering questions that you have? Are there things that, that when you wake up at night you wonder about? Even if it's, is God real? You know, um, what happens when you die? Does God love me? Am I good enough? Why did he let things happen to me? If he loved me, why did he let this happen? If he loves people, why, why is there suffering? Try to keep things personal, but if that's something that's bothering you, let him answer. I love the, the book of Habakkuk where it, the the guy was just asking god why why do why do e, why do evil people prosper and good people you know uh, suffer and he was just annoying god all the heck and and wise people would come up and try to explain you know why he was not allowed to ask the question or he was asking the wrong question and all these you know yada yada and finally god answered him and said, who were you to ask? I am the God. I am the God. Have faith in me, basically. I, will, I have everything under control. That's all you need to know. But you know what? what? What I came away with from that book is he asked until he had an answer. And that's the same thing with Paul, you know, the thorn in the flesh. We get caught up, what could that be? You know, how did he handle it? Was that a sin that he couldn't get overcome? Was that something physical? You know, et cetera, et cetera. The point is, to me, is that he kept on asking God. God, remove this thorn, remove this, fix this. And he didn't, he didn't give up and settle until God answered him. He said, my grace is sufficient. He said, I'm not, basically, I'm not going to change this. Whatever it was, I'm not going to heal it. I'm not going to remove it. I'm not going to solve this problem. And we all need to hear, there's, odds are, every one of us has something that we need to hear from God that is keeping us from being able to rest, from being able to trust we could we can consider it you know we we've talked about that there's there's uh, uh obstacles between God restoring our soul to our spirit, and those obstacles sometimes they're beliefs, sometimes they're wounds, sometimes there's things that we do have a measure of control over, but those are the things that very often that God wants to talk to us about wants to. Not that we can change them, 
but he wants us to realize and experience the freedom that comes as he heals us. As he restores our soul, he wants us to be participating in that experience, in that project that he's doing in you. You are God's project. You are God's purpose in this world. And so is this person and that person and every one of us is God's purpose and project. As far as, you know, what's going on in the world, you know, he can take care of that with a thought. He created it with a thought. He can end it with a thought. Think about, you know, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, what a temptation it must have been. He could have turned the world upside down just with a thought. But he knew that this was necessary to accomplish what needed to be done for a restoration of mankind. So he put aside his desire, his power, his authority. And now you and I here, we're being tasked with learning how to wield that very, and be responsible and disciplined and reconnected our soul with our spirit so that we could be the joint heirs and the co-inheritors, the sons of God, those that have inherited, just like just as Adam was the son, you and I are sons of God. There's only one Savior, one Messiah, but you and I are in him. Just like cells of the body, we are in him, and everything is in him. So as we move forward, tie up loose ends with God. And we'll be talking about this for, for a while until we get this understandable. But think, you know, and if you need to take some time, quiet time, and just get out a notebook and write down, If God was sitting right in front of you, what would you ask him? And why? And then go ahead and ask him. And then what if you got that answered? Was that really the question? And keep pursuing until, oh, wait a minute, it's really really not about that he let this happen. It's that it was very painful and I still have resentment or I still have anger or I still have that wound. So we want to make sure that as we move forward, not that there's going to be any danger with anything not being taken care of, but we want to have confidence. We want to have the knowledge, the surety that we are hearing and able to hear from God clearly. And again, this goes back to why we spend so much time with him, but have an understanding that he is reliable, he loves us, and we can trust him. So, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, feel free to drop me a line at diane at the rainers club dot org or through the website or we i'm going to probably start using the facebook page that is the rainers club on facebook join us there and i'm going to start hopefully posting more uh regularly posting these kinds of uh, the podcasts and maybe get some conversa- conversations going but because I would like to be able to answer questions a little bit more um, quickly and so other people can see what the questions are and other people can see what the answers are. So, but thank you for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.